Hi, I'm Bruce Tolgan, author of The Art of Being Indispensable at Work, published by Harvard Business Review Press. And this is The Indispensables, a podcast featuring conversations with real go-to people who stand the test of time in the real world of work. Each week, I ask my guests what they do differently that sets them apart in the workplace, what makes them tick, and what makes them so successful. In this episode, I talk with Shelby Kennedy. He's a multi-talented Nashville legacy. He's got 25 years experience in the music industry. Wait till you hear this one. Welcome to The Indispensables. I'm Bruce Tolgan, and today I welcome Shelby Kennedy, president of Amazing North America. Uh, Shelby, welcome to The Indispensables. Bruce, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you, and especially somebody by now that's got a lot of insight as to people's careers and how, and how they do things and how they survive. So I admire what you're doing, and I appreciate the attention today. It's great. Well, that's so kind of you. And uh, uh, I love the music business and the music industry. And so it's just it's it's a real pleasure to have you on. And I know you're you know, the, the, the music business upside down and inside out. But tell us about Amazing Radio. Well, Amazing Radio is a wonderful opportunity uh, for independent artists, new artists to be discovered. As I came into Amazing earlier this year. Amazing Radio, they have a radio station in the UK, and now they have one in the US. They also own the CMJ, which is a new music festival that has a history that took place in New York. And there's a new platform we own now, too, called Amazing Songs. But as, as far as Amazing Radio, it's helping artists, it's helping labels, it's helping fans, and it actually helps the music industry professionals connect with the talent as well. Because a lot of these artists, they do want to build their audience, obviously, but a lot of artists really need help when they try to make themselves discoverable inside the industry, because there's a lot of people in the industry that can come to their huddles and take them to the next level. And so what Amazing Radio does, Amazing Radio has DJs, hosts, show presenters, and they champion the music that comes into Amazing. And that is kind of old school, but we we're missing that. And so we're bringing it back to where there are tastemakers to lead people to discover the talent that deserves to be noticed. And so Amazing Radio is that. And it's it's also a global marketplace. And Amazing is taking care of that at this day and time, which is wonderful. So I know, uh, Shelby, you're a longtime industry veteran. I know you have deep roots in the music world. But, but, but my understanding is Amazing was designed to reshape the music industry with an ethical business model, which rewards musicians fairly for their work. How, how, how does Amazing do that? Well, the cool thing about Amazing is like if, if the artist is in the Amazing radio platform, they have a, like a donate button is on their page. So if, I, if I'm a fan and I like this artist and I discover them, here they are in Amazing, I can just donate and give money to this artist, which is it's love money. The best thing about it, though, is we don't take any money from that. That is a 100% transaction from the fan to the artist. The artist gets every bit of that. So there's no store commission. The other thing that's cool is we actually allow the artist to sell their track or give it away. And, and it's their transaction. 
It's not ours. Again, they make 100%. I don't know if a lot of people know, but like with, with an iTunes platform, for example, when an artist sells a track on iTunes, iTunes takes 30% of that sale. That's the store commission. And then the artist and label get 70% that's left. In our platform, if an artist wants to sell their track, not for 99 cents, if they want to sell it for 79 cents, the, the artist is going to make more money with the fan paying less money. It's great for both sides. So that's kind of a unique situation too. And again, we're about elevating the talent. That's, that's what this is supposed to be. And that is, that's a great deal for any artist because, again, I don't want to really focus so much on other platforms. They're, they're all necessary because the audiences, they're in those places. So all the platforms are necessary. With some of the platforms, there's playlisting. But the artist still has to drag their fan base to the playlist to hear their track. That's how they will find out it's there. Again, with Amazing, we have people that champion the artist. There's, there's front announce, back announce when people hear these tracks. So it's not just having the song track in a list. It's actually having somebody introduce you to somebody that needs to meet you, you know, audibly. So say, uh, as opposed to Spotify, what does it look like if I'm on Amazing versus Spotify, say? If you're on Amazing, hopefully you're listening, not just in a search mode uh, of, you know, scrolling. You, you actually can hear, it's radio. So you can hear, and then you can discover. So I hear this track, I like this artist. Who is this artist? I look, oh, I can click on their name or their track, and now I can go to their page. You know, now I can discover the artist more. But the discovery happened from an introduction. It's a little different from those other sites. And, and then again, I, I think every site should have a donate button for the artist. Because in this day and time, people are supporting artists any way that they can. We're just trying to provide probably the most direct way. And that's just people can make a donation to them. How do you guys make money? So the artist, it's promotional marketing platform. So the artist can upload unlimited tracks into Amazing for $36 a year. Unlimited. So they can put everything up there. Think of it almost like SoundCloud or a Dropbox because now they have their tracks are in a locker, so to speak. They have private links to those. If they want to share the track with somebody, they can send somebody the link to it, you know, just directly use it like a, a Dropbox or something like that. The $36 is really digital storage with multiple exposure promotional opportunities because we have shows that highlight artists. There may be an amazing artist gallery where people get to hear an artist talk for 30 minutes and take them on a tour of tracks where we can have a release of the week. Um, and then of course, with any of the shows with presenters and hosts, they're talking about the music that they're falling in love with because they're thinking the listener's going to do the same thing. Once you hear this, we think you might fall in love with them too. So the business model, artists and labels, it's promotional marketing, like an artist, $36, unlimited uploads for the year. A label, it's $150 for the year, unlimited uploads. That's, that's it. And the cost of doing business, that is extremely cheap when you think of what people are paying for just for storage, storage without any opportunities. And mm -hmm. so are there advertisers on, 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 the, on Amazing? I'm proud to say no. Not, you know, that's, and right now there's no plans for that for advertisers. Again, this is, it's a volume. I mean, that's, that's the thing is like, you know, this is a low cost. It's so friendly to artists. 
it's it's hard to do anything cheaply as an artist. And artists are more and more and more independent than they've ever been. They're having to do it all on their own. So any promotional marketing opportunities they can get for a really fair, fair price is a find. And we're in our own space. There's, you know, going to be performances that are heard over the pond. People are going to discover artists that are on the other side. I mean, we're excited about it. It, it is a unique business model, though, but it is. There's a lot of artists that are using this. Interesting. So basically an artist can decide, I'm going to put my stuff up on your platform. It only costs them $36 a year. Uh, and then they have an opportunity to promote their work. And then is the way that they make money through donation? They're going to make money in every way that they can. They're going to play gigs. They're going to do everything. They just need to get on the radars for people to be aware of them. So that's one reason why they need to do this, just like any other radio, just exposure, just for people to discover them. But the good thing is we have a way for them to get that money back because I think in a donation or they probably make that back. I mean, it's like it's not much to justify that expense, but that expense would exist if people were just paying for storage. This is storage with unbelievable opportunities for being promoted and marketed. And I know you said for the artists, you know, to promote themselves, we do it too. We're promoting them. You know, it's, it's not like they're paying us extra to do something like that. It's true passion, true love for what we hear and what we want to share with the world. Uh, well, it's, it sounds like a really interesting business model and it, it's, it's relatively new, right? Well, it's actually been in place since 2009 over in the UK. It's new to the US. As of last year, they started their audio feed, you know, for the US last year. And then at the beginning of this year, here comes staff now for us to come in here because in our industry, it's relational. There's a lot of relationships and and that is really important in the entertainment space for sure. How did you get here? So people, you know, are hearing this, they're, they're like, okay, uh, here's, here's Shelby Kennedy. He's the president of this outfit. How did you get to where you are? My, my story is kind of long. You know what? I think my story is a chapter in somebody else's book. How's that? It's <laughs> my, my father uh, is Jerry Kennedy and he's well known. He was a musician first and he's, he's the guitar on pretty woman. He's the Dobro on Harper Valley PTA. He's a, he was a musician. Then he wow. became a producer. He produced all the Roger Miller stuff and Statler brothers and Jerry Lee Lewis's country stuff and Johnny Rodriguez and Tom T. Hall. There's a lot of people that he did and he ran Mercury records. I've got a couple of brothers. Um, I'm the youngest of three and I tell people I'm the scraps of my family, but <laughs> I am three years younger than the oldest. And the oldest is Gordon Kennedy and Gordon wrote, Eric Clapton's changed the world that won Grammy song of the year. So he's, he's done that, done some things with Frampton had songs cut by Bonnie Raitt and Trisha Yearwood and Garth Brooks. And, and then I've got another brother in between Brian Kennedy, and he wrote a bunch of hits for Garth. He wrote American honky tonk bar association and beaches of Cheyenne and good ride cowboy. There's a bunch of Garth hits. And then for me, it's like, I, I'm this right brain, left brain guy. And, and as far as the writer part of me goes, I never signed anywhere, but my senior year in college, I got my first cut and it was on Ray Charles. And that was a, you know, that was wonderful at that age. What a blessing. Right. And then I guess the, the other thing that stands out is I got blessed with being able to write Reba McIntyre's I'm a survivor that ended up being used for her theme song for her sitcom that's in syndication. 
there's a lot of hats that have been worn. And I hope it's not just because I had a, a head on my shoulders. I'm hoping it's because they actually fit. But but most of my career really has been, I think, equally right brain, left brain. So I I worked at a record label as A&R director at Lyric Street. And I brought in Shadaisy and we signed Rascal Flats. And so I know the label side. I worked at a couple of PROs, performing right organizations. I spent a decade at ASCAP. And I'm the only exec that has done writer publisher relations there and at BMI, their competitor. And the blood is good in both camps. But in those camps, Bruce, all of those writers, all those publishers, you know, they're artists. And when I grew up around the artists that I grew up around because of what my father was doing and the, and the sessions I got, you know, fortunate to sit in on, learning about all that development, I speak artist with other artists and it's like we just connect. And so I did a lot of that in both of those PROs, which led me into the label, which kind of, that makes you a better manager. Um, it's funny how this industry works. Let's see if I can make sense of this for you, Bruce. It's like there's uh, three types of people in their career pursuits. The first person, they're walking this hallway looking for any door that's open as an opportunity. And as soon as they see that door, they they open it and they go in the room and they're happy they found a room that has an opportunity. The, the second person is a little more wise. They may see the door cracked to a room, but they don't go in and, until they identify the exit in case they don't like it. And then the wisest is is the one that that sees the door open, they identify the exit and the next door that, that leads to the next room. And then they make the decision if they want to go in because a lot of careers, and I don't know if you've had these conversations with other people, but a lot of people go into that first room that never had an exit and they, they kind of, they're in park the rest of their career. It's like, it really doesn't lead anywhere. You just get good in the room you're in. But in the music industry, there are certain rooms, if you go to, they really make you better qualified for the next room. And I've been fortunate, I think, to be able to do that, to navigate rooms that led to other rooms that made sense for the next room. Can you explain what what ASCAP is, what BMI is? Sure. Yeah. When I say PROs, they're performing right organizations. And what those entities do, they compensate songwriters and publishers for the compositions, the songs that are written. They compensate them for the broadcasting of those or even live performances. So when people are listening to or watching TV, they hear that song, there's a performance royalty, but it's based on a license that a PRO gave a broadcaster. So that's where the money comes from. Or the PRO licenses the club, bar, restaurant, hotel, you know, that's playing music publicly in, in a business, they have to pay. PROs pay songwriters and publishers for performance royalties. And it just so happens most of those writers these days, they're the artist, um, but it's a different pot of money they're getting that from. It's not from sales. It's just from broadcasts of their compositions. I hope that made sense. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so, so what role did you play at ASCAP? Well, the good news about the U.S., everybody that's listening to this here, you have multiple choice when it comes to choosing a PRO as a songwriter. So you get to choose which one of these entities do I want to sign up with so they can pay me, you know, for my performances. You know, that 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 was a good thing, you know, here because you got choices now if you're working for ASCAP or you're working for BMI. There's another one called CSAC. There's another one that's GMR, Global Music Rights, but that's not for the masses necessarily. But 
these PROs are competing with each other to get the, the hit songwriter because whoever has the hit songwriter gets the biggest license from the broadcaster. So you want to have the cream of the crop as a, as a executive, you're trying to woo, you know, the, the artist, you know, that's about, or the writer that's about to really start doing it. So you try to do everything you can. You support them every way, way that you can. One thing that was interesting, I, I kind of don't want to point out which one of the PROs, but one of my stays at a PRO, it seemed like we always paid less. They don't always pay the same, by the way, even on the same song, because there's different licenses, even for the same song. If there's a BMI writer and an ASCAP writer, those writers are not going to make the exact same amount of money. It's from two different pots. But when I was at one of these, we seemed to pay less than the other all the time. And you would think we would have lost writers that knew we were paying less. But the truth is, Bruce, I don't think I really lost any writers. And they knew they were probably going to make less. Now, this goes back to what we said just a little bit earlier. It's relationships. Relationships in this industry, they are currency. It's just as good as money. If you have somebody paying attention to you, you can get activity. And what good is it if you're at a place that could pay more, but you can't get any activity? People understand it's it's not good when you're on the short end of the stick for the payment, but it's nice when you know you probably got the activity because of where you're at. Yeah, and, <laughs> so, that, and, and how is it that you're so good at building those relationships? Is it because you know the business so well, you've worn so many hats in the music business that you understand where people are coming from and where they're going? Or is it to do more with sort of how you show up in relationships, how you treat people, how you build relationships, or is it a little it, bit of both? You know what? It's a lot of both. You, you hit the nail on the head. You know, it's like, it, it's a lot of both of those. It's funny. I used to kind of joke about it. I would tell people, you know, the music industry is like one big high school and you can never graduate. So, and there's not, there's not another school you can go to. So guess what? You need to really get along with everybody because you're not going to be able to just change schools. <laughs> so it is all about that trust, compassion, the integrity, that that's the currency for the relationships that you need in order to put together a brain trust, you know, for whatever, if it's an artist, they, they it's funny artists, even executives, they have a brain trust around them. And, and these are the trusted individuals with integrity and everything that help weigh in on decisions and everybody's got a brain trust. It seems like, yeah, those relationships, it it is about knowing what you're talking about. Cause look, I I think with anything, if there's a plastic uh, feel to it, people pretty much run from it, but it is, it's experience, it's understanding, but then it's that trust, it's the compassion, it's the integrity. And it's, you know, I think my grandmother said it, you are who you hang around with. (laughs) <laughs> How do you do that? How do you build trust in these relationships? I probably don't have a good answer for that. I just feel like you're either people know if you are compassionate and and if you're dependable, they know that. If you're not dependable, don't expect to have these incredible relationships. Look, they're livelihoods. This isn't a hobby for people. You know, music, it may seem like it if people are having to figure out how to get their income. But look, music is a priority to everybody I know that works in it. And and we treat it as such. And it's that important to not kind of slack off on any part of it. I really don't know if I have an answer for how do you build it. I mean, time is great. But if you show up day one, it's funny how some people can just tell. And I do think, Bruce, really, if you show up 
with others that have the trust, you're already in. It's kind of like, if you're good for the family, you're good for me. That's, it's almost that mentality. It's not cliquish. It's just, you know, if, if somebody in my family likes you, I kind of are automatically like you. <laughs> okay. So that's sort of any friend of blank is a friend of mine, right? Or yeah, you, know, it, you, 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 you come with the credentials of being well recommended by somebody whose judgment I respect. Right. And, and, exactly. and, and you said compassion, you said trust to, to get where you are. I mean, is it just, it comes naturally to you or do you along the way, did you learn from your grandmother and from some other folks like oh, I can, you know, yeah. the right way to treat people? Well, on, on as far as how to treat people, yes. I think it's in your heart. It's in your character if you care about people and you treat people like you would want to be treated. Even today, Bruce, I talk to as many groups as I can or individuals on the very front end of their career because I know what that was like for me and others. It's kind of like you do give it back. But look, we get to mold the environment in which we get to work in. If I'm not treating people good, I, you know what? Uh, this is not going to be a good place to try to work. So it, it it really is. It's taking care of the environment in which we work in. But yeah, I learned a lot from seeing how people conduct themselves and why people love certain people in the industry. It's 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 obvious. Um, you know, there's a passion I think that you can't manufacture. There's a creativity I don't think you can manufacture. There's a lot of uniqueness, and I talk about this a lot, not to get off track, but I always tell people unique deserves unique. And that's if you're the artist, if you're the unique writer, if you're the unique executive, if you're the unique new intern, unique deserves unique. And don't treat things like a standard treatment for something. It just, it takes away what's special about it or them. Yeah, I like saying, you know, everybody's a special case. It's just as some people are better at hiding it. And then some people walk around with a flashing neon sign, you know, that says, I'm a special case. I'm a special case. I mean, I mean, is it your view that, look, you know, either you got it or you don't, that that these traits, you know, um, are impossible to learn and develop or, and they no. come naturally or or not? Okay, I think on on treating people a certain way, I, I mean, I do think it, it it stems from really who you are at your core as far as treatment of people. Now, as far as the industry goes and as far as skills and doing things uniquely, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Bruce, my biggest headache sometimes is just seeing somebody that has a lot of talent, but they don't realize how creative they can be with it. I'll put it this way. We all have dots that we can connect. If we have a history of working with anybody or being anywhere, we've got past relationships. My family's got past relationships. My friends have relationships and past relationships. Everybody's got relationships and those are dots. And whenever I'm trying to get creative about something, I look at all my dots and see which ones I may want to try to connect. Some people that are even talented people, they wake up every day and it's almost like they are just looking to find two dots to connect. And I think people have way more resources than they're allowing themselves to realize. And it is frustrating when you see really talented people that don't even look at their own resources and they wait on somebody else to bring them something. And it's like, you've, you've got the resources. You got different ones than I do. I think in character, I think 
It really comes from the core of who you are, how you treat people. As far as what you're doing in the industry, people have to free themselves up creatively. And that's a whole discussion that I can talk about. The Our future is going to be a creative vision, not uh, something that's just pre planned. I mean, we've got to be creative. And this industry, thank goodness, is full of creatives. So I think everybody's capable of doing just about anything. It's our own limitations we give ourselves thinking, well, surely I I don't have those resources. And I'm saying, surely you're not looking everywhere. I mean, how do you try to encourage people to to dig down deeper, to, to, to tap into what comes naturally to them and, and develop what they need to develop. How, how do you do that? Now, the first thing is probably just getting them to understand what I was just saying. It's easier to talk to music creatives because I'll, I'll use this uh, example as a songwriter. If I'm talking to an artist that's writing or whatever, I'll, I'll say, look, when you're going to write a song, I said, what is one of the first questions you will ask yourself to decide whether you want to write it or not? Like if I threw you an idea, would you want to write this song? And I said, the first question you would want to ask yourself is, okay, has, have I heard it before or have I heard it written like this before, you know, whatever it's like, have I heard this before? And as soon as they say to themselves, I don't think I've ever heard this, or I've never heard it written like this idea. That's when they go as, as writers, we don't start until the target is really not there. It's that kind of creativity. It's like opportunity is where it isn't. We look for the void and then we start writing because we know there's something missing there. And that, that's the space we can, we can go into. That's the kind of creativity that we have to communicate when people are looking at their career. It's like, what, where is the void? Now, Bruce, it's hard to teach somebody how to be creative, like how to be creative. That's kind of hard to teach. Like, I can't have your creative idea. You can't have my creative idea. All I can do is just try to convince you, you are creative and you're not allowing yourself to look for the voids. A lot of people look in the marketplace to see what's there. And a lot of us look in the marketplace to see what's not yet. (laughs) That's, I think that's probably good if people do that with their careers. It's like, what, you know, why you, like what's missing until you showed up? And, and if you know your why, if you know, this is who I am, this is not normal. I have all these different experiences. I'm a potpourri you haven't really had. And, and this is how I fit in to what you're doing. And, and it's probably a creative vision of this is how I fit in. For me, it's teaching people they're way more creative than they allow themselves to be. Yeah, I and, think it's, and of course, here you are, you're dealing with creatives and in a way, I mean, it sounds like, you know, from your role, you, you were a COO at Cherry Heart Music and Entertainment. You were senior VP for Wide Open Music Group. You've been uh, doing the sort of business leadership and relationship building side of this business for a long time. So, so I mean, are most of your interactions are with the creatives, right? Yeah, with it, definitely. And you know what? Even the business people I work with, they're they're extremely creative. I, I'm telling you, the colleagues I have at Amazing, I love. Our CEO, founder, he, he's a professional drummer. That right there will tell you, that's one creative guy. So his vision is going to be very much in the horizon. He'll see what's missing. Uh, but so are my coworkers the same way. It's like everybody that's been around this understands the creative the, the creativity, that's where the solutions are. 
They're just going to be there. Like blueprints right now are not to be read. They're to be drawn, you know, and there's so many people, I think, that have uh, fallen in that trap in this industry. And maybe there's others you're, you're more aware of than I would be to where people get into, well, this is how we do it, that they say it for everything. Well, this is how you do it. And then you have people that, you know, the really frustrating people would be those ones that came in saying, we're going to do things differently. And then you throw out the different idea and it's like, no, that's not the way that we do it. And you're like, okay, you're not being honest. You know, if you want to do something different, you probably need to get rid of the, uh, this is how we do it. And it's like, they don't really buy into that. There really is a solution. You know, you've heard people say it before. It's funny. It's kind of, some people jump, just they'll jump saying Annette will appear just jump. <laughs> like That's faith. I sometimes say, you know, pretend to juggle, maybe balls will appear, but it's a whole lot better if you got a plan. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the plan. Okay. And let's talk about that, Bruce, because that's great. The plan. Everybody has their plan and, you know, like exactly what they want to do. So I've got one story from back. I'm about to graduate college and I'm sitting talking to actually it's an iconic producer, songwriter, Billy Sherrill. He produced a ton of stuff, most BMI awards of any writer. He ran CBS records and he he's just magic all over. Him. We're sitting there and he's like, what's bothering you? I said, well, I'm about to graduate college and I can't figure out what I want to do yet. And he looked at me and he said, I don't know what I want to do. And I'm like, Billy, you're back in the studio producing records every day. And he goes, well, don't forget, I'm a studio pianist. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, hey, don't forget, I'm a publisher. You're working here, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. And he, hey, don't forget, I'm a writer, you know, the BMI Awards. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, hey, I'm running CBS Rocks. Don't forget about that. He's sitting there doing, I'm thinking, you jerk. You know, it's like you keep throwing all this at me. But it hit me, Bruce. What he told me that day, I realized if he had decided exactly what he wanted to do, there's a whole lot he wouldn't have done. And it was right then where I'm like, you know what? I think I'm supposed to wear all the hats that fit, like whatever those hats are. Like, why am I deciding and really whittling myself down to the one thing when maybe it's quite a few things? Yeah. You know? I mean, plenty of wise people have said life is what happens while you're making other plans, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's walking that hallway. And, you know, again, here's here's my target at the end of the hallway, but those doors of opportunity are there. If I don't really start walking the hall, I'll never see that offshoot hallway that you can't see from the, you know, the far end until you walk. And then you're like, hey, where does that hall go? And you look at the end of that. And for me, oh, it, it's Reba McIntyre cut. I, I was working at Lyric Street Records when I wrote that. Like, okay, that happened while I'm not trying to do that. And that's the other life lesson too, I think, for a lot of people is when we get down the road and you look over your shoulder at everything that happened to you, all the best things that happened in your life, none of them will be planned by you. None of those were planned by you. Now, it's what you said. It's like life happens while you're on the way. But that's what it is. I'm going. And because I'm going, these blessings blindside me so is it that you got to keep your eyes peeled for those doors and and, yes. and 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 knock on the door occasionally or if the door opens maybe peek around the corner maybe consider going through it right see where it takes. absolutely you know you're right and it's like eyes wide open ears wide open and it's like your peripheral vision's got to be huge but that that's the creative part again because they're dots it's, it's funny. It's here, here's another thing too. Like everybody that's in their career path, when they do look behind them, there's a lot of bricks in the road that they, you know, traveled that's behind them. It's funny how some people think the past is supposed to be the past. And I'm like, why did I walk on that brick 10 years ago? That's behind me. It's because that's the brick that fits right in front of me. 
And this is what I'm saying about connecting dots. It's like people, they, they have all these dots behind them. And a lot of people, they think that's where they belong behind them. And I'm like, oh, no, I think we travel circular sometimes. And I think there's a lot of contacts that we made back when we didn't realize it was for what's coming up. And we just have to remember and do that. It's just it's simple. But a lot of people think it's a linear career path. And I don't think it is. I think it's circular. It's probably everything but linear, right? I, I, that's what I think. Yeah. Uh, so, so let me ask you, uh, what, what, what are your plans for where do you plan to lead uh, Amazing USA? Well, with um, one thing I mentioned early on, there's this other property we have that's, that's called Amazing Songs. And that's just now coming into existence. And where this comes from, Bruce, so Amazing Radio, it's there for artists, labels, fans. It's public. It's build the audience, build the industry relationships. Everybody get entertained. Cool. Amazing songs is a professional platform. We developed it because songwriters have talent too, but not all songwriters want to be artists. So if you're a songwriter and you live in, I don't know, just pick a city, just Lincoln, Nebraska. Well, there's not a PRO office there to help you navigate some relationships maybe and the publishing companies are not really there for you to see and and the labels aren't there really for you to play their you know your songs for and it's like well so what do you do a great writer can be in the middle of nowhere there was a writer here in nashville named costas had a bunch of hits he was from montana i don't even know how tony brown at mca discovered you know him but but he did thank goodness but it, what i'm saying is there's a lot of talent that's out there they don't live in cities that are music centers can we build a bridge? There's a void there. I see, I see a void. We all see a void and amazing. So we're like, hey, can we build this bridge? And at the same time, kind of protect the executives as well, because they don't need to get bombarded with writers and stuff that, be honest with you, not that wouldn't be competitive, you know. So we're trying to build this platform and we do. So songwriters and publishers can upload their songs, their compositions for digital storage space. Same thing, $36 a year, you know, unlimited uploads. And they get private links. They can share their songs, their demos, work tapes with whoever, you know, because they got private links from their digital locker. But if you want to, you can select the um, button that will allow the industry to consider it. If you want an available for industry consideration, the executives can listen to that song. And inside of the platform, you know, you, you upload your audio and your lyrics and what genre is it? What's the tempo? What are one word tags? What, you know, make it discoverable so people can find these. For something like that, that's, that's creative. That doesn't really exist. It's, it's private, so it's not for the public's entertainment, but it's for those individuals to actually get in the professional game because they don't live in a city that's a music center that can get the meetings that even if they do live in a music center, they may not get the meeting anyway. But this is going to help a lot of people be discovered with their compositions, their works, something like that. That really excites me because where are the voids? This whole industry, whether you're an artist or, or whether you're a business, whether you're a songwriter, it's like, we're going to go to our voids. That's where we're heading. The next best artist, nobody can really say, hey, this is who I want to find. You don't go look for something like that. You don't go to the shopping mall looking for something specific. You probably don't buy anything. But if you go to the mall, you may come back with a sack full of stuff just because you discovered it because you were there. So it's basically like if you're hoping to get discovered, get on Amazing. Absolutely. 
And you can do that as a songwriter now. That's what I'm saying. That's the, we just grew into that because of this year and it's all coming together. The radio part is excellent. Always has been, always will be, but we just expanded into the songwriter space to help them too. And it's the same tagline where talent gets noticed. Where talent gets noticed. Uh, Amazing. And Shelby Kennedy, president of Amazing North America. Thank you for being a guest on The Indispensables. Thank you, Bruce. I really appreciated the discussion. Oh, it was great. Thank you so much for doing it. In our next episode, I'll talk with Elaine Jacques. She's a leadership coach who specializes in helping take people from pretty successful to turn it into the stuff legacies are made of. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can also follow us on Twitter at goto underscore podcast. That's at goto underscore podcast. Learn more about gotoism in my new book, The Art of Being Indispensable at Work, available now from Harvard Business Review Press, wherever books are sold. And you can learn more about our work at Rainmaker Thinking by visiting us at rainmakerthinking.com. Until next time, stay strong and stay indispensable.